Welcome everyone, you are listening to Under the Olive Tree, I am your host Sausan Kadoura. So with me on the phone, Fabienne Présenté. Fabienne is a member of the Coordination Committee of the Montreal Chapter of Independent Jewish Voices Canada. And you might uh, maybe heard, but this week, Palestine Solidarity Activists achieved yet another victory in Canada when it comes to the controversial IHRA redefinition of anti-Semitism. So after Vancouver and Calgary, this time the good news uh, related to that definition in particular came from here in our city, Montreal. So to learn more about it, we have with us Fabienne to kind of talk about all the details and what led to uh, this uh, victory we can say so thank you very much fabian for joining me today well thank you thank you in fact yes we are rather excited and it's wonderful to be able to share it with everyone so uh, i guess before we talk about the victory and we share the details maybe if we can go back a little bit and remind our listeners why this definition in particular the ihra redefinition of anti-semitism why is it problematic why uh, why so many people protest against it? Why is it, it is generating so much resistance? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the IHRA um, it, definition, it, it was drafted um, for the International uh, Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. This particular organ, uh, organization uh, in, in Europe drafted this definition. It was actually Kenneth Stern drafted. And um, in order to have a very broad definition of anti-Semitism that could be applied across the board. Uh, now, what happened with that definition is that it, the definition itself of anti-Semitism, um, which you know, basically says it's a certain perception of Jews and, and hatred of Jews, which is very, very vague. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not you know, uh, citing it exactly, but just about. And in fact, to tell you the truth, our own IJV's definition is much more comprehensive than that one. But to get back to the IHRA, the difficulty with it is that there are guidelines, and the guidelines are basically 11 examples which have been attached onto this definition, seven of which deal with criticism of Israel. So those seven definitions are, when I say guidelines, uh, this particular, I mean, the IHR definition on the whole, it's not legally binding anywhere. What happens, and this is where it's really tricky, what happens is that due to these, these seven examples, criticism of Israel, in, for instance, talking about BDS, criticism of practices in Israel, of policies, can be construed as anti-Semitic. They have written it in such a way that, you know, for instance, our own solidarity movement uh, with Palestinians can be therefore labeled as anti-Semitic. Now, that is a very broad overview of it, but that is why this has become such an issue for, for so many of us. Mm-hmm. In the Palestinian solidarity movement, um, the Jewish anti-Zionist movements, because it is directly attacking the work that we do. It is delegitimizing any work with Palestinians, even mention of, of, of what uh, Israel is doing to Palestinians. We can talk about apartheid. All of these types of things would be therefore deemed anti-Semitic. 
So, as I said, it's not legally binding, but so many countries have adopted it, okay? And when we talk about adopting, again, it's like a barometer, mm-hmm. and therefore can there is a very fine line between um, this barometer and using it in, in, in order to criminalize our actions, our writings, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why it's become such an important fight for us and for other groups uh, across, uh, across the world, actually. Um, what's happened here in Canada, as you mentioned, in Vancouver and in Calgary, IJV, was able to have the decision to adopt this definition was, was stalemated. Mm-hmm. And they've sent it off for study. We were sure this is what was going to happen in Montreal, if we got that far. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened in Montreal was a little bit different because it was Lionel Perez, who is the um, chief of the, op- the head of the opposition party called Ensemble Montréal. Mm-hmm. He tabled this motion and he tabled the motion that the definition of IHRA would become the definition of anti-Semitism in Montreal. So that city administrations, organizations, etc., would use this as the guideline for determining if an act is anti-Semitic. Now, he tabled this motion. But um, uh, so you said that this definition is not legally binding. That's correct. The motion presented in Montreal and similar in other cities uh, wants the city to adopt it. So that's correct. So can you explain more if it's not legally binding that what <laughs> are these motions are supposed to do uh, concretely? Well, concretely, it gives them the guidelines. It gives them the ability to say, okay, according to this definition, this would be anti-Semitic. Therefore, we can um, we can judicially uh, charge us. Okay, mm-hmm. so it is like it can be used in legal arguments. I see. Okay, I'm It's very. I'm simplifying things incredibly, mm-hmm. but by having guidelines like uh, such as this, it can be used in in argumentation in in uh, legalistic ar- argumentation against the work we do, for instance. So you, you can't automatically be charged with a criminal offense, let's say. Not, no, not But yet, it no. can be used, like you say, in a legal context, maybe for an argument, it can be used. So it can be weaponized. Oh, it's definitely, mm-hmm. absolutely. That, that is one of the reasons why we are so strongly, we're working so strongly against it, because it is weaponizing, mm-hmm. you know, all of um, the, the work that the Solidarity Movement uh, does and any capacity for us to, to criticize the state of Israel. Mm-hmm. You've pointed out something that is really, really important, and that it is, it's a very vague and ambiguous thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, in French, we have a word, it's called surnois. I have no idea how to say that in English. <laughs> surnois, maybe sneaky, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, sneaky, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's underhanded and sneaky, let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, Canada has adopted this mm-hmm. IHRA definition, okay, under its, uh, they call it the strategy against racism. So this was adopted last year, in two, yeah, 2019. Now, it's almost as if this could be the next, what would the next step be? The next step would be criminalizing. Mm-hmm. 
So this is an intermediary step. Now, that's my own personal take on it. But more we add steps towards that, I mean, it's very clear that the usage of this kind of thing can be, as you said, weaponized. It can be abused in any way you wish. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, not a city will adopt it, but then also universities can adopt it. So if you take a look at uh, McGill, for instance, or UCAM, whatever, but in McGill, it had, they've had quite a few issues. It could be <clears throat> that um, if the McGill IJV students chapter decides to have a pro-BDS event, the university can use those guidelines to say, no, this would be anti-Semitic and, and close it down. Mm-hmm. This has happened elsewhere in the world. Governments have done that to the BDS movement. They have pronounced it anti-Semitic. And it, you know, this particular definition, in a sense, gives the legitimacy also to those attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned it's important also to kind of mention, you mentioned Kenneth Stern, that he wrote the original definition. Even this person, the person that wrote the original definition, has spoken since to say that he's concerned about this new kind of modification added, this new redefinition, uh, this new version of his definition, uh, because he had concern that it would be used to stifle any kind of conversation about uh, Israeli policies and so on. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was quite interesting that he did come back on his work and realize the risk that, you know, to, to freedom of speech, that this would now become it menaces it and for him to to come back on his own work and state that it is being weaponized is extremely important however it seems to have gotten lost (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know it's he has said that but that hasn't stopped you know the train going ahead with this So to come back to Montreal, so like I said, on Monday, and you mentioned as well, on Monday, a motion uh, was presented to make the city of Montreal adopt this definition. Now, before right. before I ask you what happened on Monday, because there was a lot of protest and a lot of activism uh, that happened on Monday. But before that, my impression from what I saw, there was a lot of movements and a lot of protests and a lot of reaction leading to Monday. And uh, you guys got a lot of support. Can you, and even mainstream media covered it. I I know I read an article in the Metro newspaper. They covered Mm -hmm. it. So can you talk to us a little bit about all of this, what happened leading to Monday? Did you guys like the reaction you got, the support? Were you surprised? Did you like the coverage of the media and so on? Well, I can tell you that we had exactly one week to prepare for this. Um, We got the news not not quite 10 days before that this motion was going to be tabled. We are very thankful to have all the support from our allies, from our members, because we were able to mobilize very quickly. And um, to mobilize and the um, response was amazing. Uh, I think we didn't quite expect that. Uh, in fact, I know we didn't expect it. <laughs> you know, over 300 letters came uh, in support and they were sent to the mayor, as well as all city councillors. Over 300 letters were sent and received by them. And we have been told that the fact that that these letters had quite an impact on the councillors and on the mayor, Mm -hmm. because apparently they're not used to getting that much (laughs) of a reaction 
to, you know, an issue that is being taken up by city council. So for us, it was wonderful to see when, you know, all the work that we're all putting in uh, together uh, culminates this way. The media coverage uh, really, um, beforehand, I can't say that there was an awful lot of, of, of media coverage, all right? It's more afterwards. I can address this afterwards, but not before. As soon as Monday happened, that's when the stuff started coming out. It's important to note for people, not only Palestinians or Palestine solidarity groups like IJV Canada have concerns about this definition. There were several other groups in Quebec who also expressed their concerns, like the FTQ, Fonds de Solidarité, the CSN, Confédération des des Syndicats Nationaux, Uh, FNEEQ, which is uh, National Federation of Teachers of Quebec, and the yes. Ligue des Droits et Libertés. So they have all expressed their support to drop this new IHRA redefinition of anti-Semitism. So it's not only people who directly work on Palestine solidarity. Many other groups that are part of civil society in Quebec raise concern about this definition. Mm-hmm. And they're raising concerns simply because, well, because they understand Um, the whole issue of uh, liberty of expression, uh, whether it's academic expression, being able to criticize the state for its practices and policies must be applied to everyone, um, whether it's Canada, France, uh, wherever. And as you mentioned, the major trade unions mm-hmm. and uh, the Ligue des Droits et Libertés, we also got letters uh, from uh, the British Columbia Uh, Ligue des droits et libertés, uh, among others. And I, as I was saying, um, the concern about freedom of speech and, the, and certainly the freedom um, to criticize a state's policies and action is tantamount to all of them. Um, but I would like to say uh, that, you know, the support they gave us is also, um, I think, a testimony Uh, to their implication uh, in in the Palestinian solidarity movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the FTQ, the CSN, the FN, uh, the SNEC, um, have always been some, you know, have been some of our strongest supporters. And without them, there are many things we wouldn't have been able to do at times. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, for us, we are thrilled to know that they are not intimidated No, yeah. They're not intimidated by the whole movement behind the IHRA definition, you know, and, and all the, the lobbying, the pressure of the pro-Israeli groups in Canada, of Sija, of Nebris. Um, there is an awful lot of pressure out there. And the, the motion on Monday was very interesting because it was tabled by Lionel Perez. We were able to speak to the motion on Monday. So three of our uh, members... Uh, were able to, you know, to speak and address the issue. Uh, Lionel Perez, I think, well, didn't expect um, to have such articulate young Jews being able to be very clear about why uh, this definition is menaces to divide not only the Jewish community, but also to divide um, all of the everyone, all of the large community that fights against racism and that fights for the human rights of the Palestinians. So you could see uh, that he was becoming a little flustered with all of this. 
<laughs> despite you know a very suave politician uh, uh, delivery, uh, it, it, I think it took him. Um, it took him aback. Mm. Now, what happened was there was no decision made on Monday. It was discussed by the council on Tuesday morning, and it was on Tuesday morning um, that the mayor proposed to him that what they would do was take the motion for study to the uh, commission of the presidency of the council. This is pretty well, as I told you, um, what happened in Vancouver and in Calgary. Yeah. Now, what, what was amazing for us was that Lionel Perez rejected completely her suggestion. And at that, was, at that point, he, re, he abandoned the motion. So just to go back, so on Monday, it was only, basically, it was only to hear people talk and to hear the That's motion. Correct. There was no yeah. vote on Monday, anything. There was no vote. The vote was taken on Tuesday. No one was there. I, I can't, you know, it was a, it was a week low, as we would say. So, no, we went, we, our supporters and, and uh, we and our supporters were there on Monday evening. The way this is done. So what happened on Monday when you go to City Hall, uh, the city, you know, the city, uh, the executive committee was in session. And if as a citizen, you want to go and ask questions and make a statement, you must obviously go, you register. So um, there are quite a few members of, of independent Jewish, Jewish voices registered, as did members of BDS Quebec, as did other members from Paju as well. Mm-hmm. And just general members, you know, that that uh, know us. So we registered and you're given a number. Now, after you're given a number, there is a kind of lotto that happens. It's kind of like being in a bingo. <laughs> and and they call out numbers. If you are picked, you can then go and address the city council. Oh, interesting. Very <laughs> So not everyone so, who registers who wants to talk and talk at the end. No. Mm. And the limit is three questions on the same topic. Mm-hmm. So luckily enough, I mean, many of us were chosen because there was a lot of us there. And, you know, that's definitely a strategy one has to have. And three of our, our younger members were picked in the beginning. And so they were able to go and make their statement and ask their question, because you must ask a question. Mm-hmm. So their questions were very clear. They addressed them to Monsieur Perez, and uh, he would give an answer. And afterwards, they leave, and in comes the next person. No vote happens. Mm-hmm. In this case, no vote was taken. We were told very clearly by the mayor that the vote would happen the next day. What was interesting, that the mayor did say at one point that they had gotten an awful lot of letters about this. So mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting for a politician to actually acknowledge the fact that they had, you know, gotten, um, they had received so much attention. So obviously you know, it's not something that they, they get all the time. Mm-hmm. I think what was warm, heartwarming for us, when our members spoke we, we are not in the room with them. We must, we are, as citizens, you are in another room. And you're looking at a screen and you're watching um, the person speak, address the council. When the person finished, so when these three people, our three IJV members, finished addressing, 
the council, a huge round of applause went up. And they heard it. And what is heartwarming, as I was saying, was that applause was not just from us and our allies. It was from citizens that had absolutely no link to this cause, that understood what the issue was in a sense. Mm -hmm. And they applauded. So I think this speaks to a larger understanding by the citizens of Montreal of what's going on. So that so that was on Monday, and it's important also to note that people outside. I saw even pictures and video. People outside were protesting with banners. So uh, you guys made your presence and your supporters made uh, their presence uh, really felt and uh, and very obvious to councillors. Now you said that the voting didn't happen on Monday. So the voting happened or was supposed to happen on Tuesday. So what happened on Tuesday? Yes. Yeah, so what happened then? Well, as I had said, Lionel Perez brought forth his motion and the mayor said, um, you know, that it was a very complex issue and, you know, everyone had to be very careful. People have to be very careful about words and where the commas are and how we dot the I's on this issue. So that is when she and she said basically that in French. And she said that her proposal was that this motion be taken um, for study. To the, the to the presidential commission, this was refused by Monsieur Perez, and that's why he removed his motion. So, did he justify? Do we know any justification? Why would he refuse that? So, what he said, he was very disappointed that the mayor didn't support um, the adoption of the definition of anti-Semitism, and he said that he withdrew the motion after Plant proposed to refer it to a committee, saying defining anti-Semitism was far from a black and white issue. Plant said very clearly she was absolutely not rejecting the motion, but suggested sending it to the standing committee, which is chaired by the speaker, Kathy Wong. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to devise a Montreal model for defining, defining anti-Semitism. So I think this is what Perez, he, re- he rejected the proposal outright, quite angrily, saying, you know, that all of these countries have already adopted the definition and that basically the city of Montreal has the audacity to think that it can define anti-Semitism better than the IHR, a committee. It was ludicrous. I see. Okay, so for him, you know, she sent the wrong signal to the Montreal Jewish community and it's a lost opportunity, as he said, to fight against all forms of hate. He called the idea of making a Montreal definition of anti-Semitism ridiculous, which is not what she said. However, she was taking into context, as we had been saying in our letters, was to not divide the community that works against racism here, because it's a, a very diverse community. It covers Muslims, it covers black people, it covers people from East India, from India, uh, the Rwanda. I mean, it covers so many issues. And it, it's a very broad and diverse community. And as we said, this type of definition would not only divide the Jewish community, it divides our anti-racist community as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, in a sense, this was heard. Um, and I think also what was heard was that this type of definition does not make it secure for Jews. Because 
the, the real issues are racism that is within a context of white supremacy. In fact, it's the white supremacists who have done more attacks on Muslims or Jews. And when we think of the 29th of January, which is today in commemoration of the killings at the Quebec mosque, mm-hmm. all right, that attack was perpetrated by someone who, who believed in white supremacism. This is the context in which we must look at issues of racism today. And this is affecting all of our communities. It's interesting to also note, because we covered that on the show before, but the IHRA redefinition of anti-Semitism, although, like you mentioned, white supremacy uh, is the today is sort of the major danger to the Jewish community and to this rise of anti-Semitism today, in the IHRA definition, in the 11 examples that were mentioned, I don't believe white supremacy or neo-Nazism no. was mentioned. But no. criticism of Israel was in seven out of 11. So this is why this definition is very problematic and makes people wonder what was the actual reason behind it? Well, I think it's, um, it is part of an international lobbying to, to whitewash Israel so that we do not see that it is a racist state. You can't have any semblance of something called democracy, when you have um, colonized the state, you have removed all human rights, you have um, created an apartheid state. Mm -hmm. As you well know, also, um, Israel has been declared by uh, Netanyahu a Jewish state. It's as if Canada, we declared a Christian state. What happens to the rights of all the people who are not Christian? What happens in Israel to the rights of the people who are not Jewish? Mm-hmm. That is not anywhere near democracy. Um, and, you know, Israel has not been a democracy since 1948 in any case. But this pressure, this uh, IHRA uh, definition, I think, is part of a strategy to deflect attention from what is actually going on mm-hmm. you uh, to go back a little bit to what happened you know monday and tuesday so you guys a lot of you and your supporters and other groups showed up did you get any reaction from zionist groups uh, israel lobby groups did you get any reaction from them did some of them show up did some of them manage to also no, talk and ask no, questions not at all mm-hmm. there were a few people there but they didn't say a thing we didn't get any reaction and I can tell you, after years of doing this, that was the easiest evening <laughs> in one sense, <laughs> because, you know, we've had so many things thrown at us. We've had, you know, we've been insulted, we're attacked. This was easy, comparatively. And it's one of our major victories. So, well, you know, when you are, uh, uh, one cannot tell ahead of time how these things are going to go. What I can say is that, you know, Seja and B'nai B'rith, um, the, the mainstream Jewish community is realizing little by little that younger Jews do not any longer identify with Israel as their parents did. They do not indif- identify with Israel's policies and practices towards the Palestinians. This is where the groundswell of change is coming in the Jewish community. And that's why for us, 
um, who've been working on this for years and years and years, we're so happy. And we're very happy to see so many more youth joining our movements and having the courage to speak out because it takes courage. And, you know, I really salute their courage. Did you guys get to talk with other counselors? Did you get any reactions no. from them? Not at all. No, no. Um, this all happens. Uh, you have no uh, access to the actual uh, committee room. Mm. So you can't talk to anyone else. Um, you know, we got some feedback, but it, it's feedback that comes through different channels. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> but just to, to understand a little bit. So other counselors during these meetings, they don't uh, share their opinion about the motion. They just hear the comments. Is that it? Um, yes, that was what went on. Because you have to address a counselor. It's not something you address at large. You must address a counselor. So um, each person addressed uh, Monsieur Perez. I see. So it is he who must answer. answer. Uh, you can see whether people are nodding their heads or not nodding their heads or, or, or gesticulating. But uh, other than that, they do not make any other comments. They don't make. They don't comment the person uh, about what the person has said. So as we're saying, again, the motion eventually was dropped. So that was a victory for you guys. And as you mentioned before, you didn't think that the media covered it much before. But then after you saw many articles, I believe, or media, mainstream media coverage of this. So can you talk about this? Was it positive? Was it negative? How was it covered? <laughs> there, were, there was some positive um, media com co coverage uh, from Metro, among other news bodies. I think what is most interesting is that we are mentioned where we were never mentioned before. Okay. They were covering these story, this story. Usually what happens is the coverage deals with the discontent of the principal actor. Okay. They don't mention IJV. What has now happened is that um, whether it's Sija, whether it's Lionel Perez, they all talked uh, they name us <laughs> they name us they are not happy about us we are obviously creating problems for them and in that way Sausan, this is very positive for us because the newspapers and the radio have actually now pronounced the word independent jewish voices that did not happen before and that's very positive so they put your name in the media, whether they like it or not. They put our name in the media. They are giving us uh, our place. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> and, uh, you know, even if they are, what they're saying is, uh, you know, uh, it can be a diatribe against us. It doesn't matter. It, what, what matters is that we are disturbing them and we're disturbing um, I think what they thought was going to be an easy ride, and it's not. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I think also what is interesting is a lot of this dissension that is making its way in Canada, it's happening in Canada. It's actually not happening easily anywhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned Canada, and so 
if we move away a little bit from Montreal, like we mentioned mm-hmm. before, motions like this were defeated or put aside in Vancouver and Calgary, now the third victory in Montreal. But in the latest uh, email you guys sent, Independent Jewish uh, Voices Canada, uh, you mentioned at the end that there might be an attempt in Ontario that relates uh, uh, to this definition again. So can you talk to us more about that? What is happening mm-hmm. in Ontario? Well, yes, we had a wonderful victory in Montreal. And I must tell you that the next day, a city in Ontario called Vaughan did adopt the IHRA, the definition of anti-Semitism. Um, so we had a victory, but we have an awful lot of work to continue doing. And um, as you said, in Ontario, there is a private member's bill that is now before the Ontario, Ontario legislature. And what it is, I mean, it, it's, its aim is to have the definition adopted by the province. Okay. So, um, you know, it's municipalities, it's, it's um, governments, it's provincial governments, it's institutions. For instance, Sija is having um, a major offensive now to educate the police across Canada on IHRA. Okay. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we really do have our work cut out for us. It was nice to have a moment of uh, respite with this victory, but we know very well that we can't stop here mm-hmm. at all. For our listeners who want to learn more about uh, the AHRA definition and why it's problematic, uh, maybe they want to learn more about your groups, getting involved. Can you maybe give us uh, links? Sure. You can go to our, our uh, IHRA campaign directly by going to noihra.ca which is the No IHRA campaign of IJV. If you want to find out more about IJV, you can go to www.ijvcanada.org. With me on the phone, Fabienne Présenté. Fabienne is a member of the Coordination Committee of the Montreal Chapter of Independent Jewish Voices Canada. And we were talking about this new victory at Montreal City Council, where the hard work of Palestinian solidarity activists in the city managed to stop a problematic motion from being passed in Montreal that would have made the city adopt the very controversial IHRA redefinition of anti-Semitism. So thank you again, Fabienne, for talking to me today. Thank you, Sausan. My name is Sausan Kadura. You are listening to Under the Olive Tree.